our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. And yet, I ask you, is not an alien force already among us? Exopolitics, paranormal phenomena, and deep analysis of current world events. From somewhere in the desert, between Area 51 and Roswell, blasting across the planet, the Manticore Network proudly presents Veritas, because the truth will set you free. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Force has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. They were too fast to be an airplane. I think it's time to open the books on the question of government investigations of UFOs. Uh, we ought to do it really because it's right. We ought to do it because the American people, quite frankly, can handle the truth. And we ought to do it because it's the law. Be skeptical. Do be as skeptical as you want, but by all, don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world and a warm welcome to another edition of the Veritas Show, where the truth will set you free. I am your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for tuning in. We have a great show in store for you tonight, and our guest is Stephen Bassett, the authority in the United States on the topic of extraterrestrial disclosure, which is one of the reasons why we created this show. I have to tell you, I honestly did not expect the massive response received about our first show and the exclusive interview we conducted with Milton Torres. By the way, you can email your questions or comments to me or our future guests to mel, that's M-E-L, at veritasshow.com. I want you, the audience, to be as involved as I am with the show and its guests. Remember, I am just one of you asking the questions. Some of the messages received talked about how interesting it was to see the type of sophisticated technology they had back in the 50s. I talked about this in detail with Dr. Torres prior to the interview and regret that we did not spend enough time discussing it. The fact he had a system that would override the trigger if an object was no longer on the radar really surprised me. I expected this technology to exist many years or decades later, but not in the 50s. Isn't it interesting that it takes 15 to 20 years, and sometimes even longer, before the population finds out about the technology the military truly has? Obviously, for national security reasons. I have heard from some credible sources that the B-2 bomber has anti-gravitic and electromagnetic technology to make it more fuel-efficient. I cannot confirm this, but it would not surprise me. As you may have noticed... We ask the questions others in the media will not dare or are told not to ask. 
One person even said the interview was a bit controversial. That is perfectly fine. We are transparent, do not have a script, and will never censor our guests. Did you know Miles O'Brien, space correspondent for CNN, who also interviewed Milton Torres and has been covering all sorts of UFO topics, was abruptly fired just a few days ago? According to Richard C. Hoagland, it was because he covered a segment that showed fossils found on the surface of Mars. What are they hiding? Don't worry, no one will fire me, even if it turns out we are the last bastion of truth standing. At any rate, thank you for your comments, feedback, and questions, and please keep them coming. Now, before we get into tonight's show, let's analyze some current world events. This time, I'm choosing India and Pakistan. The potential nuclear exchange between India and Pakistan is more real than most people think. Whether this was a false flag event, the equivalent of our September the 11th or not, what if they did start trading nuclear weapons? India has 80 atomic bombs. Pakistan has 40. Those are missiles that can reach each other's cities in a matter of minutes. India and Pakistan operate their missiles on a launch on warning status. What does that mean? It means that if you detect what you think is a missile from the other side, you cannot wait for that missile to land because one minute later, you are vapor in the ionosphere. You have to launch your missile immediately. So, a large bird, for example, could conceivably set off a nuclear war, a tripwire between countries that have a launch on warning status. Now, that's very bad, because even between the Soviet Union and the United States, storms, for example, would periodically set off the warning systems. And again, India and Pakistan have a system that is much more primitive than what we had with the Soviet Union. We, at least, had a 30-minute warning. We had 30 minutes before anything could detonate, which gave us some critical time to reason, to make sure it was the real thing. There's not that possibility there. And they're right next to each other. They're eyeball to eyeball. And they have nuclear weapons. And they're in a launch on warning tripwire status. And a bird, a thunderstorm, an itchy finger, a bad word, can literally set off one of the hot zones on planet Earth right now. It's horrible to contemplate this, but that's the way it is. Here, hopefully, in a best-case scenario, China and Russia won't get drawn in if there's an exchange between the two countries. However, there will be an enormous amount of fallout. Our military tries to minimize the fallout by fine-tuning. We have, in the United States, second- and third-generation hydrogen warheads, so we can tune them to decrease the amount of fallout that comes out. What they have are basically first-generation bombs. Very dirty, very clumsy, very large, and the amount of fallout that's created would be enormous. And a huge cloud would come over the Indian subcontinent and then start to go around the Earth, and within a day or so, that cloud will be traveling over Europe and the United States. So it's not going to be pleasant if something happens, even if the exchange is contained. The fallout is going to spread around the world. And finally... Let's not forget that after Chernobyl in Ukraine in 1986, alarms were going off in Europe within a matter of hours. And within a day later, milk in New York City began to register a certain amount of iodine-131. Yes, you heard that right. Even New York City was hit with a tiny amount of radiation from Chernobyl as the winds were carried around the world. That was a radiation leak. Imagine what 120 atomic bombs could do 
We'll keep our eyes open as this story develops, and I hope you do too. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with tonight's guest, Stephen Bassett. Don't go anywhere. If you really want to know the latest about this closure, this is an interview you really don't want to miss. Stephen Bassett is arguably the leading advocate in the United States for ending the 61-year government-imposed truth embargo regarding an extraterrestrial presence engaging the human race. He's a political activist, lobbyist, commentator, and columnist. He's the founder of the Paradigm Research Group, the executive director of the Extraterrestrial Phenomena Political Action Committee, XPPAC, the creator of the Paradigm Clock, and the executive producer of the X Conference. His work has been covered internationally. Since 1996, he has assisted numerous organizations and initiatives, working to raise public awareness, convene open congressional hearings to take government witness testimony, and end the truth embargo. He has appeared on hundreds of radio and television talk shows and in numerous documentaries speaking to millions of people about the implications and likelihood of disclosure the formal acknowledgement of the extraterrestrial presence by world governments. Stephen Bassett, tonight's guest on The Veritas Show. Hello, Steve, and welcome to the show. It's great to be with you, Mel. It's our pleasure. And I'm so glad you accepted our invitation. As you know from our pre-interview chat, disclosure and exopolitics are very important aspects of this show. I want to go over the disclosure process. As you heard, we added John Podesta as part of our intro. And like you, we hope the Obama administration will be the disclosure administration. Although I'm hopeful, I'm positive, I have to play devil's advocate here. Sure. Don't you think that Obama will have his hands full from the beginning? And why are you so confident that he will be the disclosure president? Well, that's a very, very complex question. Sure. Let's begin this way. Um, this Disclosure is a big deal. Every president comes into office with a full plate. There's no end to problems that a, major, that a nation like the United States faces and the world and the human race. It's always a full plate. No different for him than anybody else. Disclosure is a huge issue. As far as I'm concerned, it's bigger than any other issue one could name. And it hasn't been addressed simply because the government made a decision that it wasn't going to address it that it would put off uh, formally uh, and publicly dealing with the ET question until when it was ready. And over the years, since that decision was made, primarily it was formalized in 52, though it was informally uh, initiated in 47. Uh, over the years, there have been some moments when circumstances may have made, uh, made it possible for disclosure and its acknowledgement of ET presence to take place, but it didn't happen. Uh, the principal barrier was uh, the Cold War, which once it was underway, just made it very difficult for them to take that uh, uh, maneuver, make that maneuver. It would have been very risky in their mind, and they, it's hard to argue with them. 20,000 nuclear warheads would have made quite a, uh, quite a bang. Sure. So what's happened recently 
is that the window has opened again, but it's open wider than ever. So what I'm telling the people and I'm, is that it's, there's no guarantee the disclosure will take place in the next administration, but the window and opportunity for it to take place is as good as it's ever been. And that if we make some efforts on our part, we can close the deal here and get this done. I mean, that's the fundamental message. Right. Now, the other question you ask is, why Obama? Yes. Well, again, it's not so much Obama. He is, he is kind of the guy who, uh, he got the last chair when the music stopped, uh, to be perfectly honest. Um, and let's, let's, let me re- quickly recap. George Bush, H.W. Bush, would have been the first president uh, able to execute disclosure because the Cold War ended in halfway through his first term. And I think he would have been acceptable to the military intelligence complex. And I, I think there's some indications that they were planning to do disclosure uh, in the early months of his second term, except he didn't get a second term. And so the window closed because Bill Clinton was not acceptable to the military intelligence community and those who manage this issue for a host of reasons. We can move past that. Uh, Clinton was in for eight years. Uh, that delayed it eight more years. And then George W. Bush became president. And uh, as it happens, uh, he was not acceptable to the military intelligence community for a number of reasons. Now, he did have a connection back to his father. And he was um, an LJ pilot. He he, he appealed to the military, he appealed to the right, but there was a lot of concern about him by the military intelligence community, which was manifest internally from the very get-go. And, uh, and then we had 9-1-1, then we had the Iraq War, which uh, resulted in a substantial breach between him and his father. And so, frankly, George Bush was never, I think, seriously considered to be the disclosure president. So now we go through another eight years, and we arrive at 2000. And eight, and Barack Obama becomes president, as opposed to Hillary Clinton, who we thought would be president. Now, this is just the way it worked out. Um, and I believe that the decision by the Democrats to move forward with the disclosure was, was made back in, 19, in 2004. Uh, and there's some indication that we can talk about that later in the show, that they would uh, have moved to disclose if John Kerry had won. But he didn't. And so they shelved that. And now we're 2009 and up with Obama. So. Right. We can get into some of the other indicators, but the, the answer why Obama, because he's, he's, he, he's the one that was up when, when it goes down. This is a controversial question, and I want to get it out of the way at the beginning of the interview. As I know you're very aware, there has been more media coverage on the UFO topic lately than we've seen in a very long time. Yeah. More than anything is the contrast in which the media engages you now. Not too long ago, they would mock, smirk, and laugh at serious people like you. That doesn't seem to be the case now, and even the big hitters are getting a lot of prime time. I see it two ways. One, they're acclimating or inculcating the subject more for possible disclosure. Or two, and this is the controversial part of the question, it's the culmination of Project Iron Mountain, and they be presenting a fabricated alien threat to unite the world, I see it as subordinating the population to getting us closer to world government. Do you see that as a possibility? Well, uh, honestly, no. Uh, I, I, I follow the media coverage of this issue more closely than probably any living person on the planet. And if you, if you look at the media coverage, 
which has grown uh, exponentially uh, uh, over the last three and a half years, uh, what you're seeing is the uh, the mainstream reporters and journalists and, and editors starting to come around, uh, starting to accept the fact that, you know, this thing is real. And it's not going away. It's real. And we really ought to start covering it. And that's exactly what they're doing. And they're covering every aspect of the field. They're covering researchers, some activists. They're covering books, conferences, course citing events, government document releases, and a host of other things. And uh, for anybody that wants to confirm that, they would go to my website, paradigmresearchgroup.org, the main site, or Google my name, Stephen Bassett with a PH. That site comes up immediately. And then that's a portal to a number of sites. Go to the PRG site, the main site, and look for the, the media archive. And you'll see the end of the media archive, uh, I'm up to about 1,200 articles from 2008. Mainstream English language press, not, not, not alternative, not UFO press, nothing. Just mainstream news and website news all right uh it's it's a huge it's a double double the uh the number for last year which is four times the number for the year before and when you read these articles what you see is them simply covering the issue now when you move to the higher level uh media uh the top tier and you read the stuff in the washington post new york times la times chicago Tribune, it's a little more hedged uh, and you look at ABC, CBS, but even they are starting to cover this issue more appropriately. I, I, and, and I say this, uh, I don't say this casually, because I've been brutally criticized, uh, uh, critical of the, the top-tier media, which simply went in the tank on this issue uh, and supported the government truth embargo, either intentionally or by agreement, for 50 years. But they're coming around. We had a, we had a, a consensus Op-ed editorial in the LA Times not too many months ago. We just recently had an op-ed editorial in the New York Times. Uh, I was recently contacted by a member of the op-ed board for the Chicago Tribune. Uh, they may do something shortly. Uh, and other articles, front-page articles in the Washington Post, the, the uh, Wall Street Journal. So the coverage is there. But when you read the coverage, uh, you don't see anything that, that uh, virtually nothing, that somehow intimates that that's part of a, a pre preparation for a false flag uh, manipulative scenario on the part of the government. What you're seeing is that we're moving closer and closer to disclosure. This is, this is being driven by many things, multiple fronts. And the media's response is just one of many indicators that, we're, that things are happening and we're, we're getting towards uh, a, uh, a resolution of this issue. Steve, if you could remove your mouthpiece a little bit away from your mouth, we're getting some distortion. I'm sorry. I'll do that. Thank you. France, the UK, Brazil, and other countries are declassifying and releasing more UFO files. It seems coincidental that all of this is happening at the same time. Why are they doing that? The answer, in my opinion, is fairly straightforward. Others would disagree. But it's a simple equation. The United States government either written or oral, entered into understandings with the NATO countries, the first world countries, particularly the NATO countries, our allies in the World War II, and ostensibly our allies in, in uh, uh, essentially in, in, in the Cold War as well, that the U.S., they would defer to the U.S. regarding the timing of, of how we're going to deal with this ET question. All the first world nations know there's an ET presence. But who announced it? They deferred to us on this. And I think we understand why. Uh, they, the U.S. was the, the, the free world after... after
Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.